And my fellow Pennsylvanians. This state's electoral votes are key to who wins the presidency, and both of the candidates know it. We win Pennsylvania, we win the whole deal, you know that. Just like last time. But states like Pennsylvania are going to be incredibly important. The only thing left on the board is Pennsylvania. The president cannot get to the finish line without the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. One state all four candidates are visiting today is Pennsylvania. Its 20 electoral votes are highly coveted, and the Keystone State could end up being one of the determining factors in the race. As listeners know, this colder weather means a few things. Leaves are coming down. If you live in the suburbs, you got to get raking. And uh, temperatures in campaign headquarters are only getting hotter. So we could spend the next few minutes of this mini-episode talking about the many polls from last week. We're not going to do that. However, would always encourage listeners not just to look at the spread, the horse race number that seems to always get coverage. Look at the number of undecideds. And if the poll provides it, look at the favorability, unfavorability of the candidates. In general, if the poll doesn't provide a full memo, meaning something beyond the Twitter, uh, the wording of the questions, the sample size, the methodology of the sample, the date of the sample, I would discard the entire poll. Let's take a look at another quantifiable data point, which we touched on this last week, the money. Now, everyone knows that the Shapiro-Davis ticket has raised and has spent considerably more than the one-of-a-kind campaign on the other side. This week, we have a bit more data. The bulk of Shapiro's money came from contributions over $250, million. That's just from diverse individuals. We're not talking about the PAC money. Now, for example, one of them was Kevin Bacon, the actor. The family has deep Philadelphia roots, by the way. A sign of a healthy campaign is uh, there's always a focus on low-dollar donors, and that really indicates uh, diverse strength. So in total this summer, the campaign brought in $2.7 million in contributions of $249 down to $50. So the rule of thumb is that every one of those donors is a locked-in voter, if they're a Pennsylvanian, that is. And certainly this campaign has attracted national attention. Now, speaking of non-Pennsylvania donors to the governor's race, remember last week when we noted that Doug Mastriano found just $3.2 million this summer? Here's an interesting data point. $900,000 of that came from Dick Uline. Gets more interesting. A separate $100,000 of that came from his wife, Liz. So $1 million of the $3.2 million that came in over the summer to the very, very small, relatively speaking, Mastriano bank account came from one family that doesn't live in Pennsylvania. So friendly public service announcement, any Democratic campaigns that source their office supplies from Uline, probably too late this cycle, but all those campaign staffers who are listening as you're planning for next cycle, make sure your campaigns don't order from Uline. Family has a net worth of $3.5 billion. It's one of the top five donors to conservative candidates and causes in American history. They're also the largest office supply company, but there's other places to source your office supplies. So Team Mastriano did dedicate $21,000 from their small bank account to an ad that began running this week. We encourage you to watch the spot. It discusses a very important topic that does need bipartisan attention, suicide in our military and veterans community. Let's switch to the Senate race. The Fetterman campaign launched Republicans for Fetterman. Video spots include exactly the target demographic that's going to decide this race. In one ad, a Republican woman from Scranton looks directly into the camera. And another, a lifelong Montgomery County white man. 
You know what's more powerful than an ad? Free media attention. And in the month of September, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, and Sean Hannity have spent more time talking about John Fetterman on their evening programs than all other Democratic Senate candidates combined. This includes incumbents like Senator Catherine Cortez Masto out of Nevada. Now, credit where credit is due, Media Matters summed up this content those evening broadcasts. I certainly have not watched each and every one of them uh, over this last month. You know what's also important in these final weeks? Debates and endorsements. This week, the U.S. Chamber came out for Dr. Oz. They spoke of his, quote, unwavering leadership, citing his record as, quote, pro-growth and pro-business. It's neither here or there for us to opine on that, but I would point out that the Chamber this cycle continues to ruffle some feathers in some circles, they are endorsing Democrats. This includes, for example, Colin Allred, a congressman down in a purple district in Texas. Now, debates. Congressman Scott Perry and Harrisburg City Councilwoman Charmaine Daniels, they faced off in front of Dennis Owens of ABC 27 in the Harrisburg area. And Susan Wilde and Lisa Scheller have their first of two debates as we're recording this in the Lehigh Valley congressional race. I said it before, I'm going to say it again, that debates are a good thing for our democracy, and I hope that they'll happen daily uh, across the Pennsylvania campaign landscape in this final sprint. I don't think they will, but I really do hope they do. On a final note, something that's not going to happen daily, but really should happen more regularly, and not just in the closing days of a campaign. This particular instance, Dr. Oz, a Republican as we know, visited the Kingdom Empowerment International Ministries in Philadelphia, the congregation celebrating its 13th anniversary. And candidates visiting congregations, especially Republican candidates in some of the most disadvantaged neighborhoods of Pennsylvania, I think that's a good thing. Whoever wins this Senate race, doing visits like this not as a candidate, with six years to govern in the U.S. Senate, helping to craft federal budgets that address issues around housing, crime, education, those types of listening events regularly on a Sunday or on a weeknight, I think that's a great thing. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Pennsylvania Kitchen Table Politics. Take a minute and leave us a rating and review on your podcast platform. Please also consider following us on social media for updates and announcements regarding future episodes and new guests. You're political, so I am sure that you're on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. We are too at PA Political Podcast. Visit our website, papoliticalpodcast.org, and send us your feedback about this episode and suggestions on future guests. Until next week.